0: Welcome to refreshing, energizing business talk. This is Think Tank, conversations in a digital world, presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. Get ready to hear from industry executives and thought leaders on the best strategies and technologies to drive your business forward in times of uncertainty and accelerate success. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome to Think Tank, conversations in a digital world with new perspectives from SAP strategic partners on business, IT, and innovation, presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Very, very, very happy and privileged to be here as the moderator and host of this brand new series. And Let's start off the debut with a couple of quotes from the headlines on our topic today. So Bear with me here. I have a quote from The Economist, economist economist.com. Here we go. Creative disruption. The pandemic is liberating firms to experiment with radical new ideas. Some of these will persist after the crisis passes. Here's another one from Harvard Business School Working Knowledge. The one good thing caused by COVID-19, innovation. Okay. Now, what is this all about today? Our world is shifting, changing, and digitalizing. I love that word at a faster pace than ever before. COVID-19 is impacting the way we live, the way we work. And for business leaders, there are many more questions than answers. I think we know that. What's coming next and how can you and your organization prepare to thrive in an uncertain future? That's the big question on the table. We have three panelists from leading IT companies. They're going to discuss the latest perspectives on topics spanning IT innovation. There's that wonderful word and more. What are the organizations that are leading today doing differently from the ones that are not, the leaders from the laggards? How will businesses attract new customers while keeping the existing customers happy and satisfied? You've heard of customer-centric, customer experience. Well, that's the clue. And What role can technology play? What is the human impact on employees' and executives. We're going to cover strategic approaches and the technologies that power them that can transform your organization and set it up for success in the months and the years and the decades to come. Yes, we have a long view of success here. We're going to speak today with Vishal Sangvi at Intel, Sue Hartford at Microsoft, and Paul Clark at SAP for their insights on today's episode. Welcome to Think Tank. Our world is shifting the debut of our newest series. I am Bonnie D. Graham, so happy to be here. And let's go around the table and have our panelists introduce themselves briefly. So Vishal, please tell us a little bit about what you do at Intel, and what's your take on this shifting world? Go ahead, Vishal.
2: Thank you, Bonnie. Um, I'm really excited to be here today, too. My name is Vishal Sangvi, and uh, I'm the Global SAP Marketing Director at Intel. Um, Over my career at Intel here, I've launched numerous products and directed several marketing strategies. One of my focus areas is product marketing and looking at how can we go to market better together with Intel and SAP in in various countries and markets, uh, and really showcasing how our technologies together and solutions around the globe are highlighting how those technology solutions can solve real business problems. one of the things that has always inspired me is a um, quote from Madame Mary Curie, which is, and I quote, Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less.
1: Thank you very much, Fischal. You, you know what? You went ahead and jumped ahead to the quote part of the show. So we will do a little bit more about Madame Curie when we get there. Thank you very much. Do you agree the world is shifting and that companies that have not jumped on board that digital, digitalization, transformation, bandwagon are going to have a harder time coming back after the pandemic? Any thoughts about that?
2: Yeah, you know, I think um, digitalization um, is is real for now, right? Like, I mean, no one is really, you know, sitting on the fence on that anymore as everybody's locked up into their homes and and trying to figure out how to kind of move forward with their day-to-day relying on technology and digital solutions to kind of make decisions and move forward is the way forward for all of us. It's the new normal.
1: I'm hoping we do get back to a new normal. Thank you very much, Vishal. Pleasure to have you on the show. Sue Hartford is next, by the way, to our listeners. I have the privilege and the pleasure of being here on Zoom and everybody's cameras are on and I can see their smiling faces and watch them think, which I love to do on radio. This is an enhanced radio experience. Sue Hartford, we are so happy to have you here with us today. Please tell everybody in the audience who you are, what you do, and what's
3: your overview on the topic, Sue? Sue? All right. Well, thank you, Bonnie. I am uh, super happy to be here today. Um, So I've spent most of my career working for some of the leading uh, storage and networking companies, um, leading product marketing, product management initiatives, where we were really helping organizations build up uh, mission-critical infrastructure that you could really rely on to keep your organizations running. Uh, About five years ago, I I shifted my career and I came to Microsoft, and it's really been a fascinating time to be here as uh, I work in the Azure uh, product marketing area and uh, helping work with our organizations who are reimagining. Um, how they're doing things and innovating and reinventing themselves by using uh, all of the innovation that you can get in the cloud. And uh, it's just been a a really fascinating time um, in the industry. We're going through such a transition. um, And I really empathize with uh, the organizations um, who are going through this. Change is is hard, um, but it's also been really rewarding, I think, to watch the last six months or so, how those organizations have been able to pivot and, um, and use that uh, technology to really uh, continue to serve um, their employees and their customers. Um, and it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this changes everything over the long term. Thank you, Sue. Real
1: pleasure to have you. And the world is shifting. Do you think it's shifting and and bumping back out of the re, into the recovery? And and uh, do you think it's going to be a very optimistic future going forward? Which is part of our message of what we're talking to our listeners about. What do you think? Um, I do.
3: I actually think that um, a lot of organizations are going to learn a lot um, from this and take that and uh, turn that into you know powerful. Um, new uh, you know, opportunities for their organizations going forward.
1: Thank you very much. We love optimism here on all of our radio shows. Sue, pleasure to have you on. Paul Clark, you and I go way back. You've been on radio uh-huh. with me on some of the SAP Game Changer shows. You've That's worked right. in the background for years, and it's such a pleasure to welcome you to a panel. It's about time. So Paul Thank Clark, you. as I like to say, in case there are two people in the world who don't yet know <clears throat> who you are. Why don't you talk to those two people and explain what you do at SAP and what's your overview on this very important topic today, Paul?
0: Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. So yes, uh, we've been working together for quite a while. So I'm in the uh, what we call the strategic ecosystem marketing team at SAP, um, and we work with all of our major global partners, and that includes the the folks with us today, Intel and Microsoft. Um, and I've been with Microsoft, sorry, I've been with SAP for a very long time now, <laughs> um, going back to when I first joined in Paris many, many years ago. Um, I think in terms of the topic for today, I really, uh, I, I think I'm aligned quite closely with the HBR article that you quoted. Um, I do see this as a period, although it's a period of extreme disruption, I think we're going to see some pretty major innovation coming out of this. Um, so yeah, and that's my my leaning is towards the innovations that come will come out of COVID nineteen.
1: Thank you, Paul. Interesting, you would say that we have been reading for months. And what are we four months into it now? At least in the United States, mid March, everybody everything shut down. We're now mid July. Uh, we've been hearing that many companies that could have been shuttered temporarily or for good, were able to pivot. They were able to have a new business model. They came out basically kicking and screaming and said, we can do something with our factories, with our people, with our raw materials, with our supply chain, and solve a need right now rather than sitting here and saying, oh, woe is me. We can't do business right now. So we've seen that. And I think, Sue, I agree with your optimism, and Paul and Vishal as well, that companies that understand the role of innovation and are able to do it in a moment in time when things seem dark, those are the companies that are gonna have that leadership and that spirit to move ahead and technology is what they need to do it. So thank you all. Now, Vishal is the part of the show where I read the quote people sent me, each panelist, and we're gonna dive in. So I'm going to go back to your Madame Curie quote. and I'm gonna give a little background on Madame Curie. She's been in the news recently. I know that uh, the anniversary of her death was July 4th, but for some reason, her name rings a bell. I think a panelist on one of my other shows used a Madame Curie quote recently. So let me just give a little background. Marie... Skoldowska Curie, born Marie Salomea Skoldowska, 1867 to 1934, a Polish and naturalized French physicist and chemist who conducted pioneering research in radioactivity. And people who were very, very young may have never heard of Marie Curie. Well, I'll tell you why she's important, kids. She was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize, the first person and only woman to win the Nobel Prize twice, and the only person to win the Nobel Prize in two different scientific Fields. She was part of the Curie family legacy of five Nobel Prizes, the first woman to become a professor at the University of Paris, and in 1955, 1995 became the first woman to be entombed on her own merits in the Pantheon in Paris. She was a major force, right, Sue? A woman to be admired, a leader, and one of her daughters apparently also went on to win a Nobel Prize. Here is the full quote that Vishal has selected. And Vishal, just take about a minute more to tell us a little more how this relates to our topic, because we want to have this as part of our quote segment here. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. This is so, so timely. Vishal, talk to me for a minute. What do you think?
2: I think it's spot on. It is so, so timely. And I think, you know, to the points that uh, we were just talking earlier, right, I think it's the companies that are really taking the time to understand what's going on and are innovating um, and taking action, right? Like we've seen examples of companies that have repurposed and retooled their operations to help people in need and contribute to the crisis and are really taking the time to understand what's going on. I think we were all sort of you know, realized that, uh, this is going to be a big, uh, problem that is going to stay for a while. And, uh, we all have to really figure out how can we ensure that there is solutions that are more resilient and long-term for this, uh, for this this pandemic. So I think, uh, and, and the, the quote is so exciting and energizing for me personally is also because, you know, there's a lot of firsts, as you said, with that, uh, which is exciting, in, you know, in this time of, you know, racial, uh, you know, topics that have come about in the world. And, you know, you kind of look at that and you go, wow, you know, um, are, we, are we moving, have we moved ahead or have we moved behind in time? and leaning back on the work that she has done and really looking at uh, how we can learn from her work and her contributions to society and really fearlessly working on solving some of the complex things, even in those times with less resources and winning you know, Nobel Prizes and stuff like that, um, right? Like it's, it's just amazing and energizing for a lot of us to really look forward to.
1: Very good points. And she did come up with the theory of radioactivity and coined the term. There you go. So thank you. That is a a wonderful quote. And to me, Vishal, it's so important because if you just take the second part, now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. Isn't that what we need right now? Some of you are, I think you're all nodding or smiling. That is where we are in the world. Don't be afraid figure it out, and do something. That's it. I think that's our message today. Thank you again. Beautiful quote, Sue Hartford. I love movie quotes, Sue. And Sue has sent us a quote from Dory in Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo is a 2003 American computer-animated adventure film produced by Pixar and released by Walt Disney Pictures. It stars the voices of Albert Brooks, Ellen DeGeneres, Alexander Gould, and Willem Dafoe. The story of an overprotective clownfish named Marlin who with a regal blue tang named Dory searches for his missing son Nemo along the way marlin learns to take risks and comes to terms with nemo taking care of himself it won the academy award for best animated feature the first pixar film to do so i'll stop there and by the way sue it's the best-selling dvd title of all time with over 40 million copies sold as of 2006 which is forever ago and the highest grossing g-rated film of all time before toy story 3 overtook it here's the quote three words. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, those aren't the words. The words in the quote are just keep
3: swimming. Sue, talk to me. This is great. Go ahead. All right. I think I bought one or two of those DVDs um, when my children were little. And um, this is a quote that just pops into my head a lot. And it's one of those things when you're facing, you know, any a bad day or something where, you know, you can't avoid it. Things are happening to you, and it's like you just have to keep going. And I think we all have those. And we can all relate to that. Um, and what I, what I really like about Dory, the character in this film, is uh, she actually is a she's a little forgetful. Um, she's not uh, the one you'd expect to step up and and be the hero, um, but it, she's uh, under when they get under pressure. And um, and Marlin, you know, Nemo's dad, he's he's kind of too stressed and he's losing it. Suddenly, this unassuming Dory comes out, and she has says these wise things, and she solves the problems and and she just steps up under pressure and uh, You know that just comes to me right now, I think for all of us, um, no matter what you're doing if you're you know working from home and you 've got small children or you know you're trying to keep your your um, company's you know uh, technology systems running, whatever you know your situation is. Um, I think sometimes uh, people just perform well under pressure um, and maybe, you know, people in your organization who you wouldn't normally expect <clears throat> are, are going to step up and become the hero right now. Um, and so I think we all, it's just part of being human is when you face tough uh, situations, we all just have to remember that we've got this strength um, to just keep swimming. And, and that's where I think the resilience of what every single person is going through right now. Um, we're not giving up, we're keeping, we're we're continuing on. And, and, you know, good, good ideas and and solutions can come from from everywhere. And and they're just popping up everywhere right now. So that's, that's why that quote um, resonates for me right now.
1: Thank you, Sue. and resilience came up in what you said, and I think it came up in in one of Paul's comments in his introduction a few minutes ago. That's really, really important. That's part of what we're talking about. Innovation helps to support resilience resilience supports innovation. I think they go hand in hand, thank you, love the quote. just keep swimming and you know what? It goes with the Madame Curie quote, "Don't mm-hmm. be afraid, right understand and just keep swimming. We now have a hybrid quote there. Let's see what we can do with Paul's quote. So Paul Clark has sent us a quote from John Stuart Mill, English philosopher and economist from Autobiography, 1873. John Stuart Mill lived from 1806 to 1873, cited as J.S. Mill, English philosopher, political economist, civil servant, one of the most influential thinkers in the history of classic liberalism, dubbed the most influential English-speaking philosopher of the 19th century. He was somebody to be dealt with. An interesting He was the author of the early feminist work, The Subjection of Women. He was the second member of parliament to call for women's suffrage after Henry Hunt in 1832. Interesting. So here's the quote. Listen up. It's a long one. No great improvements in the lot of mankind are possible until a great change takes place in the fundamental constitution of their modes of thought. Ooh, change management I hear in there. Paul, how'd you pick the quote? How'd you find it? Ha-ha, There's
0: a good story behind that. So um, I actually used to work in the publishing industry before I moved back into software. And as a result of that, I've got books of almost everything. And I actually have a book of quotations. So I did it the old-fashioned way. I got my book out <laughs> and I looked for change. And there's a whole index at the back of the book on change. So, But I do think this one is, is particularly um, pertinent because we're in a – period of significant change i think we can all agree that what we're going through is is unprecedented for for humankind um but i do think that you know that in itself will end up triggering some fundamental changes to to the way we think and to the things that we do um, and so that's why i really gravitated towards that quote
1: Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you all for your research. Paul, we don't care how you found it or where you found it. We just care that you found it. And thank you for such a thoughtful contribution to the quotes. Bravo! Now it's the time of the show where my panelists in advance have thoughtfully sent me four statements each on what their overview is, what the most important points are about our topic today. I'm going to pick one first from Vishal, who was first on our panel. Vishal, I'm going to pick statement number two from you. I'm looking at it. It's absolutely loaded. I'm not going to read the whole thing. That would be the whole show. I'll read just a little bit in the beginning of it and then ask you to take about two minutes to explain what you mean in the statement. And then I'm going to invite Sue Hartford to chime in and give your thoughts. Sue, agree or disagree with Vishal, and then we'll invite Paul to join us. So we'll go (coughs) Around the table, I call this the magic sauce. So let's see what we come up with. Vishal sent me the following. He says technology can make things happen. He heard Satya, the CEO of Microsoft, speak about how Microsoft has seen digital transformation that happened in two years has really happened in two months now because we have some tools, but we were on the fence to adopting them. Like online classrooms or attending an industry event virtually or buying grocery online or allowing employees to work remotely, but we were scared to adopt them. Ah, very interesting. Vishal, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you heard from the speaking of engagement and then we will invite Sue, who I know has a lot to say about this and Paul. So go ahead, Vishal.
2: Yeah. You know, um, Technology was always around for all these things, right? I mean, like when when we were looking at, um, you know, um, online education or buying groceries online, it's not like before 2020 that uh, these things did not exist. What what was really a big aha for all of us, uh, in, you know, at this point in time is that we were scared, and we think that we didn't need those technologies. We we were far too comfortable. We had uh, become a little complacent as uh, you know in adopting some of these things, and we were not paranoid enough. Well, now we are. And so, um, you know, a lot has changed and these unprecedented times have taught us that technology should be used, should be thought about as a, as a key tool um, in, in how we kind of see and go about our day or work or whatever we're doing and contributing because it needs to uh, be used in a way that can help us be more creative and can take advantage of all those technology capabilities that do exist. And I think um, for the longest time, even though these things existed, we weren't really using them. Um, And I think the pandemic has really helped us see things differently, pushed us on our innovations and um, take decisions and actions that are really looking at what all are in the toolkit of available Solutions that we can go out and deploy uh, that can really help us
1: advance human race. Thank you. All good thoughts. Stu Hartford,
3: join us, please. What do you think? All right, I I have to agree on this one. Um, I think uh, we've all seen, you know, stories. I think someone was telling me the other day about, you know, their their uh, grandfather, you know, who they could never get to use uh, technology. Uh, face to face. Um, and all of a sudden now that they're, you know, stuck at home that, that, that was the motivation it took for them. And, and, you know, we're seeing organizations do the same thing. Um, typically new technology adoption can take a lot of time to, uh, you know, maybe make the business case and we'll go through the technical kind of uh, uh, vetting of it, and then getting the getting people comfortable, getting leadership comfortable, getting employees comfortable. And I think what we just saw with you know the sudden uh, immediate work from home orders for many many people um, is that uh, organizations learned how quickly they could um, deploy new technology, and that's a, that was an aha moment um, for people. Where I think coming out of this. Um, it might speed things up uh, to say, well, if we could do it once, why can't we do that again? Uh, So I think that's one of the big um, learnings. So I would definitely uh, agree with Vishal that uh, this um, is an, an interesting moment from that perspective. Thank
1: you very much. All good thoughts. Paul Clark, you're up. What do you think? Agree or disagree with either one or both? Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I do. I also tend to agree with that, and I think that uh, to build on what Sue was just saying there, I'm seeing I'm seeing technology being adopted as a result of the situation we're in, not just in in the workplace, but also beyond that. So, I mean, as an example, my wife is a small business owner. Um, she has a very good friend of hers in. Mexico, who's wanting to start a new business, and they've been spending hours fa- face-to-face video calling to discuss the business plans and the, uh, the technology to use to implement it. And So, we're seeing it even beyond the immediate workspace, but I think in the workspace, we're, we're obviously seeing it significantly. We've all been, we've all been forced to go faster, ex- adopt things faster than ever before, um, and that's impacting everybody, I think.
1: All good points. Thank you very much, Vishal. That was a great opening statement you shared with us. So thank you for that. Sue Hartford, I'm looking at your statements and I'm tempted to go to number two, IT is the hero again, because you have an interesting uh, use case you want. You say, it's been amazing to watch organizations using cloud technology to adapt during the pandemic, which is something I alluded to in my opening example of a leading thread manufacturer. I'm not going to read that case. I'd love for you to give us some details and any others you have. Sue, go ahead.
3: Okay, um, you know, yeah, I think right now um, when uh, this happened very suddenly to organizations, uh, if we rely on technology to keep things running, keep people connected, keep things going, um, that's your IT um, and your technology departments, and they are front and center. Um, and we have some really great, uh, you know, examples of organizations that um, have done exactly that. One, one uh, is a joint customer for all three companies here who's a leading thread manufacturer who um, is literally creating the thread that um, goes into the creating masks and and gowns, et cetera, for the PPE and the front lines and the the medical workers. Um, And they've got factories around the globe and they were able to take advantage of technology to um, have workers from all over the world log in, uh, see where their inventories were. If they had to shut down a factory in one area, they could bring up production in another um, and have this amazing um, really admirable um, agility to shift production and and really just keep, you know, supplying the world with a a very important um, product that their supply chain needed. So, you know, to me, that is an amazing success story for a company that had done the work to transform and get themselves in a great position and, and, you know, keep their organization running through any crisis.
1: Agility. Ability to pivot, ability to have the technology, cloud technology, to be able to do that very, very quickly. I bet Sue, just I bet there was a lot of excitement in this company that they were able to do that and be part of what the world needed at that
3: moment in time. Did you, did you see that? Did you hear that? Absolutely. We've interviewed several of the uh, employees there. Um, and you know there's a personal pride in in that in that we are helping you know and we have family and friends who are who are nurses and doctors and you know i'm i'm a part of the solution maybe i'm not there on the front line but i'm a part of the solution
1: pride excitement and part of the solution all very it it's all human that's what we're talking about here right companies pivoting agile agility technology innovation we're all part of this world our world is shifting and we're shifting with it thank you sue let's go around the table Paul Clark, you're sitting next to Sue on our virtual roundtable. So why don't you chime in? What do you think? You, if you have a use case to add or anything you'd like to add to what she said, agrees? So,
0: yeah, I mean, I think the, the one that Sue mentioned I'm, I'm also familiar with, and it's a fascinating one. I think that one of the things I like about it is that um, they, they were, to some extent, lucky in, in that they had been relatively earlier adopters in their industry. And it meant that with, with all that's going on right now, they were not able to, not only able to keep going while some of their competitors were basically in survival mode. Um, so, you know, that was one of the worries that they managed to put behind them. But it also meant that they, instead, of, instead of surviving, they could focus on doing something different and, and being able to provide all of that material for PPE. Um, it meant that as a result of all that, they were also helping the rest of society, which was a fabulous
2: thing to do.
1: Thank you very much, Vishal. Join us. We're going around the table. It's your turn. Comment on what Sue shared, please, Vishal.
2: Yeah, and like Sue said, right on this example, I mean, we all kind of contributed uh, as technology companies. But the cloud, overall, as a trend, you know, I mean, lots of companies were talking about the trend of moving things to the cloud. But with the um, with the current times, what's really happened is that you know people who were on the fence about the cloud or you know, thinking about the cloud technology have really taken the time needed to understand. It kind of connects back to what I was saying about what Madame Curie talked about, right? Now is the time to understand. And it's really, you know, folks who weren't sure about the cloud are, are paying the, you know, attention to the cloud technology, looking at new innovation use cases and are able to adopt those ideas to see how can they retool their work environment or their workflow to then take advantage of the cloud technology in a way that can solve bigger problems for the world.
1: Thank so you. I totally Go agree. Ahead. Thank you. Sue, great jumping off point, that statement. Thanks for the use case. It was exciting. Paul Clark, I'm looking at your statement number four because it goes a step further and expands what Sue was talking about. You say, technological changes that will dramatically change our lives are not limited to IT. Look at other areas of innovation like material science, healthcare, 3D printing, drones, self-driving vehicles. The impact of AI, artificial intelligence, will be so ubiquitous that we will cease to think of it as just software. That's a provocative sentence. That's a provocative statement. Paul Clark, please explain, expand, and then we'll go around the table and see what everybody else to say. Go ahead, Paul.
0: Yeah, so there are many parts to that, so I'll, I'll unpick it a little bit. I mean, I think that some of those technologies… Um, like 3D printing, I, I find personally fascinating because it, it, it's a little bit different from what we do, but what they're doing is just incredible. I mean, they're doing 3D printing right down from the very smallest level of printing cells right up to the biggest level of printing buildings. So that's, you know, it's pretty different from what we're doing, but there's some real innovation going on there. Um, and I think similarly in healthcare, where we're seeing some incredible advances with technologies like CRISPR, for uh, correcting genetic defects and preventing the spread of disease. And I think that that in itself will bring questions to society about how far we go, like right? how, how far do we go editing ourselves and editing our food? Um, but I, th- I think that, you know, coming back to AI, that we're going to see that weaving increasingly throughout all of these other areas. Um, one of the other areas that we touched on was was self-driving vehicles. I mean, obviously, none of that's possible without AI. Um, but I think that we're seeing it in... In anything from you know the the mundane, our chatbots are really just driven by AI, but also most of the most advanced drug developments that's happening within the healthcare industry is increasingly being at least started by AI. So the research into you know how does protein how do proteins fold and what's the impact of those and and how do you apply that towards drug development, increasingly that's being at least initially kicked off by AI. And so I think that we're going to see AI being used extensively across many, many different industries. And, and and my point about it disappearing is that we, I, I think that ultimately it's just another tool. Um, and so we won't be thinking of it in terms of using AI. We'll think of it in terms of uh, faster drug development um, and faster building. But the, I think the AI is going to be underpinning multiple, multiple technologies across all of these different industries. And so it's both critical and also could potentially disappear from view.
1: Thank you, Paul. That was provocative. Let's go to Vishal. You're sitting next to Paul on our virtual roundtable. What do you think, Vishal, agree or disagree? Well, I think
2: I have a, 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 a different view on it too in the sense that you know, AI is is certainly you know one of the key um, trend uh, right now and a key um, area of focus around the world. However, we also know that with AI, uh, you can present new challenges to the way we think about it. And as technology companies and technology leaders, I think we have to address that we as we are building AI systems that we are uh, you know reducing the risk of any kind of harmful biases in the AI system development, right? That we want to make sure that, um, that, you know, that we are protecting privacy while collecting and using data to train the AI systems. That we're able to build trust in the machine learning applications by helping people who interact with these technologies. Um, And so as technology leaders, I think we need to be very mindful of how, you know, AI can um, live up to what it's, you know, the promise it has, ensuring that it is, you know, it remains as a transformative force in the industry, but at the same time is able to protect privacy and that it's not biased in, in the buildup of these systems, because otherwise it might take us the other way.
1: Very good point. Thank you for that. Sue, join us talking about what Paul started and or what Vishal added. Go ahead, Sue Hartford. Right.
3: Well, I might add another angle to it. Um, There's, uh, I think one of the ideas uh, that comes out of this is how do we make this technology accessible to everyone? Uh, And I think that uh, whether it's AI or just the ability to create anything right now, I I think technology is more accessible to um, whether you're, uh, you know, for example, one story I saw recently was um, out of a university and they needed to do some analysis. Again, it was related to the the current healthcare crisis. Um, And they just needed massive, massive amounts of computing. And um, through some programs, you know, that have been funded by tech uh, companies recently, they were able to get in and get all of the resources they needed um, and r- literally run something that should have normally taken weeks or months um, over the matter of a weekend and get results back. Um, so that's an example of, you know, a power user. But then I've also seen stories uh, out of college campuses who are have uh, someone creating an app just to help students um, and and staff uh, as they go come into the fall uh, term here, be able to track uh, COVID cases and and the staff, you know, very quickly create um, some applications that help them manage um, the situation and the news and the information there. And so, I, I think that uh, for me, the biggest thing is this accessibility. Um, we sometimes call it the democratization of technology, where we're just making things available to everyone, making it easier. Um, and faster, so that all of us um, ultimately, and I think you know my children especially, are going to just be so savvy about going out grabbing the tools they need um, and and creating um, solutions.
1: Thank you, Sue. Very interesting, all. What I want to do next is we've got about 10 minutes left, and I really want to maximize our time together. I'm so impressed with the thought leadership, and this is Think Tank, and you are th- obviously putting a lot of thinking and thought into the topic. So what I'd like to do is pick one statement from each of you, and instead of going around the table, I'd like you to expand it and give us your point of view on it to add and expand our topic. So Vishal, I'm looking at your statement number four. This is also provocative, and take about two minutes to tell us what you meant by this. You say, Respect the hustlers and be inclusive. The ways of working are changing. Everything is digital now. There is no 9 to 5 anymore. It's time to get focused and get stuff done to advance the human race and solve problems together. Vishal, take about two minutes. What did, what do we mean by this? Go ahead.
2: Yeah, and you know, what, what the pandemic has really uh, made us all realize is that there is the lines of work and home and business or family time, they're all blurred, right? We've all kind of, you know, been um, working around the clock, you know, making sure that our kids and our children are doing, you know, what they need to get done to their day. And um, there are lots of people there is that are, um, you know, trying to figure out ways in which they can support each other. They are family. They are elderly, or may have lost a job and are doing different jobs or multiple jobs. And and so, you know, I think um, what I was trying to say here is that it is really uh, about respecting each other more uh, because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes of this zoom call, right? What is, what is Bonnie's the rest of the day looking like? Right. And, and so, you know, it's really about uh, taking the time to ensuring that there is a little bit of, you know, empathy and uh, awareness about, you know, how, how are we really interacting with each other? How are we including each other's thoughts and opinions and really getting getting to what we need to get done and solving the problem at hand. So it doesn't really matter what the color of your skin is or who you love or which time zone you are in. Everybody is pitching in and everybody needs to be having a certain new kind of respect to each other and the human race uh, to really take us forward.
1: Thank you. I love the human element in there. And speaking of humans, Sue, I'm looking at your statement number three. Whoever you are, ah, now is the time to upskill, Sue says. The great lockdown is driving digitalization faster than ever with companies moving IT apps and data to the cloud and remote working enabled. Mm-hmm. Every company is now a technology company. Microsoft recently committed to training 25 million people. Sue, give us about two minutes of expansion on this. Great points.
3: Okay, yeah. Let's just start with every company is a technology company. I don't care if you're running a chain of grocery stores or you're um, a car dealership. You know, it's. Uh, in fact, this is a big skills issue um, just to find all these technical, uh, technically skilled workers today because you know, the tech companies, of course, we, we're also, um, you know, trying to fight for all of this talent. Um, and so I think as a, as, as a world, as an organization, you need to, there aren't, you can't just go out and, and find these people. Um, you need to actually invest in um, bringing people along, teaching them the skills, um, and just for yourself personally, um, your friends, your family uh, is, you know, what, what can you learn uh, to do? And as I said, there's technologies now where, you can go online and and you can build um, your own bot you can build your own um app uh, uh, these things are getting easier and easier and so um you know I think the initiative that Microsoft announced is fabulous there's a lot of resources that come with that there's a lot of you know resources online um and so if there's one theme right now for for everyone um I think that uh upskilling is is definitely a An important uh, thing to be keeping in mind, especially for business leaders in your own organization.
1: Thank you, Sue.
3: More forward-looking,
1: optimistic thoughts there. Appreciate that. Paul, let's look at your statement number three. Uh, We're going to get to a little reality check, a little do or die here. Paul says, many organizations that were lagging in the adoption of technology to transform themselves will either be forced into a period of dramatic change, which we've been talking about, or simply disappear. Not just retail, Paul says, but other industries that have been historically slow to change, like real estate and other service industries. Paul, let's have some writing-on-the-wall commentary from you. Take about two minutes. Go ahead, Paul Clark.
0: Yes, I mean, we, I think we're all very familiar that retail has been undergoing significant changes for quite a long time, and those have been even further accelerated but we're, by the situation that we're in right now. I think that there are other industries that have maybe been less impacted up until now, but we're going to see significant changes there. I mean, service industries are a good example, Um, and and that impacts us as well in in software companies. We all have our own service businesses, um, and those services businesses have traditionally all been done in person, face-to-face, and suddenly that's not possible anymore, and we've had to completely reinvent those businesses and do everything remotely with video conferencing and um, online uh, other activities. And I think the real estate is, you know, just to pick on one industry, I think real estate is a particularly slow adopter of technology. Um, having been through that, and I'm sure lot many of us have been through the experience of buying or selling a house. Um, I think they've been incredibly slow to adopt technology and suddenly they have had to really react very quickly to keep their businesses running. And so we're starting to see um, within businesses like real estate, where they actually are picking up uh, newer um, technologies they, they're allowing people to visit the homes and sign the contracts and do the entire transaction without leaving their old homes. Um, so, yeah, I think we're seeing pretty significant disruption there. And I think uh, across all industries, just the idea that everything had to be done or many things had to be done by face-to-face meetings, that that's being challenged now. People don't get on planes and go and do those meetings. But But the good thing is, Often those meetings would wait until, well, we're going to next meeting about three months time. So let's talk about it then. So that that doesn't work anymore. We, we might as well just talk about it tomorrow on a video call. So yeah, I think we're going to see significant changes all the way across the board.
1: Thank you very much, especially in service, Paul. I remember when companies were cutting back on air travel because of the carbon footprint awareness, right? right? Doing the right thing for the environment. And now you can't get on a plane. There either isn't any or nobody's wearing masks or OMG or where you're going. There's no conference place to meet. You may as well do it. And here we are on a virtual conference right now. Panelists, this has been wonderful, but it's time for the crystal ball predictions round. So I'm going to give you each 60 seconds. Let's see how much you can say in 60 seconds. Don't speak talking. nobody be able to say a word you say. But I can get away with that. Anyway, Vishal Sangvi, please give us your prediction on the world is changing, shifting, anything you want. Predict something. I hope optimistic. Up to you, Vishal. 60 seconds. Go.
2: You know, I'm a marketing leader and a storyteller I didn't Intel. So for me, the prediction is more for the marketing and advertising industry um, in the tech space. And I think, you know, like I think some of us talked about, right, technology is really here to stay and really be useful as a tool. I think as marketers, we need to take time to really understand consumer preference and consumer behavior. Uh, at a different level now, and really be able to uh, showcase stories um, that are deeper, which have attention to detail, diversity of thought, and inclusion, because so much is changing. And if we don't pay attention to those details in our marketing messages and our outbound communications, I think those brands are going to die, right? It's really about... uh, the brands that are able to build trust with those consumers who are paying attention to what their consumer preferences are going to be.
1: Thank you. Sue Hartford prediction. You're up 60
3: seconds. Go. Okay. I'm going to uh, focus on remote work. Uh, I think that we just uh, went through a transition that um, will change how things look in the future, whether that be, you know, maybe three days in the office, two days at home, um, or more organizations supplying the tech um, that's required. I think this is one where, um, you, you know, it's going to be hard to go back um, to the way things were before. And I think a lot of uh, leaders have, uh, who were, have been um, interestingly surprised by um, the amount of productivity that remote work um, continues to provide. And it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what this turns into um, over the long run.
1: I like that. It will be interesting indeed. Paul Clark, prediction, 60 seconds, all yours, go.
0: Yeah, so so very quickly, I absolutely agree on the future of work. I mean, I think that we've been doing, some of us have been doing that for some time now, but we're gonna see it much more broadly. My, for my prediction, I think is I'm gonna go back to the AI. I do think that technology generally and AI in particular will be adopted significantly faster as a result of what we're going through. I mean, this period has led to a lot of suffering, a lot of hardship, A huge amount of difficulty from very many people, but I do think that at the end of that, we're going to see, as a result of some of these uh, technology accelerations, we're going to see a lot of good that actually comes out at the far end.
1: Thank you very much. What a show. What a debut. I have a bunch of shout-outs. Shout-out to Brad Borkin and Susan Walker at SAP for coming up with this wonderful concept for Think Tank Conversations in a Digital World. Brad, and you're working with Hannah as well. Uh, Let me make sure I get Hannah's name correct here. Hannah just has her first name on on the the listing today, so Hannah, if you want to put your name into the chat, I'll be happy to mention it. We also want to say thank you to our engineer Danielle at Voice America on the Business Channel. So thank you to our very special panelists. You are all savvy, engaging, articulate, passionate, and that's what we like here in the think tank. So Vishal Sangvi at Intel. Thank you so much. Appreciate your thought, leadership, and your time. Sue Hartford at Microsoft, such a pleasure, and thank you for your insights. Paul Clark, it's about time you and I met face-to-face after all these years, and I want to say, let's see, Hannah Chang, it's okay. Of course it's okay. We have her name now. I want to thank everybody for listening, and join us next time for another episode of Think Tank, Conversations in a Digital World with New Perspectives, and we had a lot of those from SAP Strategic Partners on Business, IT, and Innovation, presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Everybody be safe. Everybody wave. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning into Think Tank, conversations in a digital world presented by SAP in collaboration with Microsoft and Intel. Keep the conversation going by tweeting your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAP Radio. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel next time.